the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. This morning, Katerin, I want to invite your attention to Galatians chapter 6. We'll begin our reading at verse number 7. The word of the Lord reads, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. This morning as I look at this particular text, I want to talk to you about an issue or concern that I believe is perhaps striking many, not just in the church but also in the world because of the jobs situations that people are dealing with because of our lack of discipline. A number of people are dealing with financial problems. I want to talk to you and show you and unfold for you through this text some interesting principles or laws that the scripture teaches us that might help us to not find ourselves in such a position of need. As I look at this particular text and began to study through it and study some of the laws and principles, so what I've discovered is that nearly every principle that we possess in the fields of economics are derived from those same principles in agriculture or in nature itself. In fact, if you would talk to an economist that as it relates to predicting the return on your investment, any of them would say to you that Every investment has risks because there are what are known as uncontrollables or unknown factors in investment. Those unknowns or unpredictables show up in a multitude of ways. I believe one of the issues that we have as it relates to dealing with money or handling money is failure to recognize and consider that uncontrollable factor. We don't give credence to that uncontrollable factor that keeps on popping up in every investment circle, in every deposit, in every withdrawal. There is an uncontrollable. And so I want to help us to be able to see this and to uncover this through this text, through uh, these laws that I will show you. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter, the God factor in financial return. That factor that I was referring to that the economists can't exactly put their finger on is more often than not the God factor. 
In other words, they can tell you that we believe this investment, this stock, this bond will produce X number of percentages over X amount of time. But what they can't factor in is if God decides to change things. You can invest in wheat, and in the current rate of return on wheat might be based on the weather and the conditions of where wheat is being grown. But what if God steps in and decides, I'm going to make it not rain, or I'm going to make it flood the territory? Well, guess what happens to your investment principle that they projected for you? Well, because of the God fact that there is no longer the same return on your investments. And so, as I look at this particular text, I see the Apostle Paul writing to a group of churches in Asia Minor. This group of churches, and from its foundation, they're a group of people who grew up worshiping nature itself. It's interesting to me that as Paul addresses this group whose inhabitants were nature worshipers, he turns and utilizes the very principles of nature to speak to them because one of the things they're dealing with is they're dealing with some controversy inside. There's a corruption of doctrine. There's a corruption of behavior or conduct that's happening in the midst of them. And Paul wants to help correct these corruptions in doctrine and corruptions in behavioral patterns. And so we find ourselves in this particular portion of the text. And this text speaks loudly to me, speaks loudly to us to address the very issues that many of us are dealing with as it relates to economic trouble. First of all, he utilizes the very laws of nature and the laws of nature's return to speak to them as it relates to their investing. Now, when I say investing this morning, I want to make sure that you understand I'm not talking about going down to Wall Street or Merrill Lynch or none of them folk. I'm talking about the investment of your weekly paycheck. I'm talking about the investment and how you utilize the resources that come your way from day to day. I'm talking about your allowance that mama and daddy give you for doing nothing. You know, I'm talking about what you do with the resources that God puts in your hand. Talking about simple investments. All right, one of the first things that I see here in the text is the law of common return. Verse number seven says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. The text here says, do not be deceived. Don't fool yourself. God is not mocked. This is important to the whole sermon. You need to understand the God factor in the investment return. God cannot be fooled. You cannot trick God. You can't get over on God. You can't slide nothing past God. God is so awesome that he sees everything. I believe my Bible says that his eyes go to and fro. They watch everything. I understand that there's times that we think that because we're under the cover of night that God can't see what's going on. I just stopped by to let you know that we've got a God who has night vision. He can see no matter how dark it is. There's nothing that we can do to slip it past him. And listen to me. Uh, you might be under the covers and you might be behind the wall, but I need you to understand our God is so awesome that he's got x-ray vision. He can see right through the walls. He can see under the cover. He can see all the things that go on. There's nothing that he doesn't know. We have a God who is an omniscient God, which means he knows everything. God doesn't just know it when it happens. He knows it before it happens. I'm trying to help you to understand why he says don't be deceived. Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you can trick God. Don't think that just because other folk are fooled by what you do that God is fooled. You cannot fool God. 
this law of common return says to you and I that whatever you sow, that is what you're going to reap. Now, this law of common return was established by God on the third day of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, when God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb, and that will yield seed according to its kind, and trees that will yield fruit according to its kind. The whole principle is this, whatever you put in the ground, that's what's coming up. In other words, if you sow corn, you're going to reap corn. If you plant collard green seeds, you're going to get collard green. So you plant a fig seed, a fig tree is coming up. Whatever you put in the ground, that's what's coming up. Whatever a man sows, that's what's coming up. If a man sows to the flesh, he's going to reap to the flesh. If a man sows to the spirit, he's going to reap to the spirit. I need y'all to get this part that whatever you sow, that's what's coming back. Sometimes here's the problem that we experience. We somehow believe that we can just tap the offering plate when it comes by. And then we're going to get in return something other than a tap. If you sow a tap, you get a tap. So you tap the offering plate when it goes by. And come Friday, God taps your wallet. You reap what you sow. There's another law here. Look at verse number eight. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. This law is what I call the law of diminishing return. The law of diminishing return means that you're getting increasingly less return even though you're investing more. Let's say that I sow a pound of seed over one acre of land and I get 400 pounds of produce. Now, logically speaking, I would think, okay, if I sold one pound and I got 400 pounds, if I sold two pounds, I'll get 800 pounds. But the law of diminishing return says when you sow two pounds over that same acre of land, you only get 100 pounds back on the second acre. It's a law of diminishing return. In other words, even though I keep putting more in, I'm getting less out. I think the Bible says it this way. You work for much, but bring home little. I need you to understand that this law of diminishing return affects us if we don't do things properly. He says in verse number eight, if you sow to the flesh your return gets worse. It says, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. So in other words, I'm sowing to the flesh. I'm making sure that the flesh has what it needs, but what I get in return is corruption. I'm trying to help you to understand that this law of diminishing return affects us when our sowing is towards the flesh. And what comes back to me comes back to me worse. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7 says it like this, he who sows the wind will reap the whirlwind. In other words, I just sowed wind, but what I got back was worse. Job chapter 4 verse 8 and 9, Job said, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble, the same comes back to them. Then he goes one step further and he says, by the blast of God, they are destroyed. So in other words, he sowed to the flesh, but it got worse. This law of diminishing return helps us to understand when I invest towards the flesh, it's going to be affected in the, the law of diminishing return. Because in diminishing return, what actually happens is my investment or what I actually have goes through a process called depreciation. Depreciation means that whatever the value of something is continues to decline until it's zero. That's the process of depreciation. Here is where we struggle as it relates to handling our resources. Most of our investments of our resources are in depreciable items. 
We spend most of our money on stuff that keeps going down and is being affected by the law of diminishing return. I'm trying to educate you this morning, and I know you might be sitting there thinking, hmm, I didn't come to church to get an economic lesson. Well, it's in the Bible. I got to preach it. This is a Bible lesson of economics, and perhaps if I can understand the economics of the Bible, I can apply it to the economics of my life. Because in my life, there is a God factor that I can't escape. Because you cannot mock God. You're not going to get past these principles. These are God's principles. So as I go through this and I look at this, I said, now, okay, uh, what we need to learn how to do is minimize our investments in depreciable items. Now, here is one of the things that gets us all the time. Vehicles. I need a new car. Man, I saw a nice-looking Lexus in the parking lot the other day. When I was driving down the highway, I saw that Mercedes-Benz. I saw that Jaguar. And I want one like that. So you see, the flesh is getting involved already. The flesh is just a flesh. Sowing to the flesh. We're talking about sowing to the flesh. Depreciation, because what you sow to the flesh, depreciation. Y'all, y'all still here. And so what we do, we go out and we say, okay, um, how much can I afford? We go to the bank, because we haven't saved the money already. And the bank says, oh, yeah, based on your credit and based on things with 50000 So here's the deal. If you go out and buy a car worth $50,000, you now have the potential of that vehicle depreciating $50,000. But if I need a vehicle, and instead of me spending $50,000 on that vehicle, I buy a vehicle that's $10,000, you only have the potential of depreciation of $10,000. And the other thing is, what we don't realize, the average depreciation value when you buy a new car, when you drive it off the lot, go down the street, turn around, and bring it back to the dealer is 15 to 20%. That's when you drive it off the lot. Now watch this. And the thing you ain't getting back, you're not getting back the taxes you paid on it. You're not getting back those special fees, none of that. So you're going to lose all that. So watch this. On that $50,000 vehicle, when you drive it off the lot, you're going to lose between $7,500 and $10,000. That's depreciation. But why? Because we're sowing to the flesh. Pastor, I'm not sowing to the flesh. Yes, you are. Because cars only do two things. They take you and they bring you. But wait a minute, Pastor. I want leather and I want heated seats and I want all the bells and whistles. That's what your flesh wants. When you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You reap depreciation. This ain't in the plan, but I'm going to throw this in. This is free. If you want to buy high, at least buy cash. Okay? Pastor, how can I do that? While you're not paying a car payment, pay yourself a car payment. Watch this. If you don't have a car payment for four years, you done paid yourself for four years plus interest. Then when you get ready to buy something, you can go buy what you want. We don't think this way because as soon as you get that car payment paid off, you go buy something else. Because the flesh says now you got some spare, you need to sow to the flesh. Here's the third law. We got the law of common return. What you sow, you're going to reap. You got the law of diminishing return. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But look at the second part of verse 8. It says, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This law is what I call the law of compound return. The law of compound return means you get paid interest on the interest. Let me help you with that one. When you put $500 in the bank, they're only going to pay you interest on your initial investment. 
So you get interest on the $500. But compound interest means while it's collecting interest, every time it collects new interest, you get paid on top of the interest. So when I sow to the Spirit, whatever I sow to the Spirit, when it collects interest, I get paid interest on the interest. And here it is. It keeps on paying into eternity. See, because it sows into and it pays into everlasting life. That's eternal life. And some of y'all are thinking, well, he's only talking about spiritual life. That means salvation. No, God said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When I sow to the Spirit, I'm going to be blessed according to the Spirit with abundant living. Life that's paying dividends, that's paying interest on top of the interest. And so when we look at this whole law, this whole idea of compound return, we see it in Psalms chapter 126, 5 says, uh, he who sows in tears shall reap in joy. That's compound interest. When the righteous sow in tears, they reap in joy. Uh, it goes on, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and it says, look, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall God give it back to you into your bosom. Malachi says this, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, it says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. But he says, now look, try me now in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. That's called compound interest. You sow spiritual things, you sow into the spirit, you sow into the body of Christ, and God says, I'll open up windows for you. Now here it is, you got to try him. There's another law that says you only going to reap what you sow. If you don't try him, you'll never experience the reaping of compound return. As we look at this, he says, look, he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And here's another challenge to our finances because a lot of us, we refuse, we refuse to give to God. We refuse to pay tithes. We refuse to bless the work of God, the man and the woman of God. We refuse to pay in and invest into the kingdom of God, but yet we expect God to somehow be fooled and he's going to come bless us. God is not mocked. I'll keep going back to that. You can't fool him. He knows what you've been doing with your resources. He knows where you've sown your seeds. But if you've sown into spiritual things, you will reap spiritual things and spiritual unto everlasting life but there's another law here look at verse 9 it says and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart this last law that i see here in the text is the law of due season return in some economic circles they may call this the law of maturity or when you you know your, your dividends mature your, your stocks or whatever matured and what that means is that my investment is going to take time to pay dividends back it's going to take time for me to get some return on what i put in but ultimately going to be after god has affected it the text says, don't grow weary in doing good while doing good. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Don't grow tired of doing good. Doing good is minimizing your fleshly investment. Don't grow weary while you're minimizing your fleshly investments and investing in the kingdom of God. Don't grow weary while you're being a, a faithful steward over the resources God has given you. Don't get tired in that because in due season, you are going to reap if you don't lose heart, if you don't stop, if you don't throw in the tile. Pastor, when is... 
due season. Well, due season is God's season. Due season is just when you need it. Due season is when you don't know how you're going to do the next thing, and then God will show up, and he'll have it right there for you. In due time, in God's timing, because of the God effect, you will have the return on your investment. Now, I probably got one or two few witnesses here in the house that know that God has a way of sending you a check just on time. God has a way of giving you a bonus just when you need it. God has a way of paying bills and wiping things out just when you need it. When you just were trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, because of my previous investments in the kingdom, dividends start being paid just when I need it. And so as we look at this whole idea of in due season, uh, one of our major problems is we are people who like immediate and instantaneous return. That's our problem. That, that's all of our problems because our flesh wants what it wants and it wants what it wants right now. I want it now. But when I look at this law of due season return, it helped me to understand something. Because when we go out and buy something, we go out and buy something new and we tell ourselves, you know what, I've been working hard this week. You deserve this. So you go out and buy yourself something. And for the moment when you buy it, and you get it, and you say, ah, this is mine, you feel good. There's an, almost a little adrenaline that just flows through you. And for those of you who are shopaholics, it's a lot of adrenaline. It's like you get high for the moment. But what this law of due season return helped me to understand that that feeling, that emotion that we get when we buy something, that instantaneous emotion or feeling that we get, that's not the return. That's a trick from the devil in the flesh to get you to spend more. The return comes 30 days later when the bill comes in. And you find out you went on a shopping spree to make yourself feel better. And now the bill comes in for $500 and you're trying to figure out what can I take back. The due season, the return is when you can't pay your tithes and offering. The return comes when I got to work two jobs now and I got to work three jobs now and I got to figure out how I'm going to do this. And the return is later on. It comes in due season. It doesn't come instantaneously. The devil is trying to fool us through the flesh to believe you can get instantaneous satisfaction by your purchase. Doesn't happen that way. So watch this. So he says, look, in due season, you're going to return it. You're going to reap if you do not lose heart. And, and what the encouragement here of the Lord is, you need to understand there is a God factor in, in the handling of the resources that we have. This scripture, I believe, clearly points us to those four laws. But because there is a God factor in investment, Scripture teaches us a couple of other laws that I'm going to share with you. In Micah chapter 6, verse 15, the Bible says you sow, but you do not reap. And that is what I call the law of no return. Because of the God factor, even though you sow, nothing comes back because you can't fool God. Micah chapter 6, verse 15. Then there's another one I call the law of impossible return. The law of impossible turn, you'll see that in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, and Matthew chapter 25, verse 26. And those two passages both basically are saying the same thing. They say it's impossible for you to get a return because you're too scared to invest. You're holding on to what you have, talking about, I'm scared to put this out there. I'm scared to put that in the plate. I'm scared to get that to God because I don't know what's going to come back. Well, you ain't going to get no return. It's impossible to get return if you don't sow at all. And ultimately what the text says is that then God will take away from you what you had. Last one is the law of what I call altered return. The law of altered returns hits us in two ways. On the negative side, Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 13 says, you sow wheat but you reap thorns. Now that's not supposed to happen. But because God can do what he wants to do and you can't fool him, even though you're sowing wheat, he's going to cause thorns to come up. On the positive side, James chapter 3 verse 18 says, you sow peace 
but you reap righteousness. Well, Pastor, I thought you said you reap what you sow because of the God factor, and God can do what he wants to do. Even though you sow peace, God will give you righteousness. That's the God factor. And God has a way, if we invest properly, if we understand and we apply these laws properly, we can be ahead of the game. We can be enjoying the benefits and the blessings of God. We can be sitting back, chilling and understanding this thing and letting it work for us. Instead of us being the great consumer, we'll be the lender and not the borrower. But if you keep spending and spending and spending and letting your resources go out in the wrong direction, in the flesh direction, and not toward the kingdom of God, you're never going to win because you cannot mock God. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Buca Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. If you're around my age, one of these days you'll have to begin taking required Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.